Grace and peace to you this morning. We're so glad that you're here. We want to to welcome you. And uh, if you have a Bible, you might be turning to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. And we just want to uh, reflect a a few moments on this wonderful event in history that that happened uh, 2,000 years ago. Of course, um, this morning we've had some some songs and some scripture. And I'm going to speak for a little bit. This evening we'll do uh, much of the same. We'll have many songs, many scriptures, and I'm going to speak for even a shorter amount of time, so, <laughs> as it should be. So, you know, if I ask you to sum up 3,000 years of history in one sentence, how would you do that? You know, it seems like an impossible task. There have been great wars, great catastrophes. Empires have come and gone in that span of history. Entire groups of people have been wiped out by diseases and genocide. Men and women have invented and discovered things that have forever changed how we live. We have explored every continent on this planet. We've gone to the moon and back. So summing up several thousand years of history in a, in a single sentence is no easy task. But Paul does so in the middle of Galatians. And this is what he writes. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And in this one sentence, Paul covers thousands of years of history. And he says the climax of it all is Jesus being born in a manger. So think about that for a moment. Think about all that has happened in history. Think of the wars, think of the inventions, think of the incredible works of art, the magnificent pieces of music. And out of all this, the greatest thing that has ever happened is a child being born. And everything else pales in comparison. Nothing even comes close. And this one moment in history has left its mark on the world. And so we live in the year 2019 because 2019 years ago, Jesus was born. And so whether people believe in Jesus or not, that they still use this one birth as a way of measuring time. Businesses, shops, government agencies all around the world will be closed on Wednesday in remembrance of this single event. Everywhere you go, people are singing, they're celebrating, they're they're wishing one another a Merry Christmas, whether they believe in Jesus or not. And so the birth of Jesus has changed the world forever. But the most significant changes have not been uh, a calendar 
or a day off of work, the changes that have truly revolutionized history and the future of all humanity are redemption and new creation being introduced into the world. And so Paul writes in Galatians that Jesus comes into the world to redeem those under the law. He comes to reverse this curse of sin that has corrupted all things and all people and to offer us the the greatest gift that that we could ever receive. It's a gift that, that we cannot get ourselves. We cannot earn it. We cannot buy it. It is the gift of salvation. And so Jesus willingly laid down his life and went to the cross for us. And Paul reminds us that this magnificent gift of salvation begins in a manger. And so without the manger, there would be no cross. There would be no redemption. There would be no salvation. John tells us in his gospel that Jesus is the light of the world. And so Jesus' birth means a light comes into the world, one that cannot be overcome by darkness. And we are able to walk in the light now only because of that light that was introduced in Bethlehem. And the light which is now seen in the people who follow him, it's a light that has outlasted governments and empires. It has endured longer than the greatest militaries that this world has ever known. This light is responsible for things like feeding the hungry, caring for orphans, healing the sick, and many other acts of kindness and generosity over the last 2,000 years. And because of this light, people are now treated as equals. This light has led people to be set free from addictions. It has brought people out of darkness and it has transformed many lives. This is why the birth of Jesus is greater than all the other events that we know in history. And so Jesus comes into a world in desperate need of light. He comes into a world that is broken and hurting. And since the days of the prophet Isaiah and before, people have longed for the coming of the Messiah. They knew, just as we know, that the world is not right. They experienced, just as we experience, death, disease, war, and injustice. And with the coming of Jesus, all these wrongs begin to be righted. But we learn very quickly that the world that Jesus inhabits is is still a dark place. It is a world full of fear, and fear can lead people to do terrible things. When wise men come to Jerusalem asking about the Messiah, people are afraid. Matthew records these events for us in Matthew 2, 1 through 3. He writes, In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. 
And when King Herod heard this, he was frightened. And all Jerusalem with him. Fear is a powerful thing. And it has led to many atrocities over the years, including one committed by King Herod after the birth of Jesus. A few verses later, it records this horrific event. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, he was infuriated and he sent and killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. When we think of the birth of Jesus, we typically think of pleasant thoughts. We may think of joy, hope, or peace. These are are the themes that we celebrate this time of year. But we must also remember that the Bible is clear about this broken world that, that Jesus inherits. It's not always a nice and and pleasant place to live. And this is quite evident when the king of the Jews murders many innocent children just to try to get to Jesus. Of course, Herod fails, and Jesus lives. But we must consider the implications of fear. Matthew gives us this story so we can know the truth about darkness and so that we might not succumb to it. Fear is actually something mentioned in both uh, birth narratives that we have in the Gospels. And so Matthew tells us about Herod and, and also the people of Jerusalem being afraid and how that leads to the slaughter of the innocents. Luke also tells us about people overcome with fear. But the outcome in his narrative is quite different. And so listen to these words. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among those whom he favors. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. And so here you have two birth stories. You have two groups of people frightened by what they see and by what they hear. And you have two very different outcomes. And when we put these stories side by side, we should ask ourselves, what leads one to murder and the other to praise? 
Why does Herod kill babies and innocent children when he is, in, when he is afraid? And, and the shepherds, they go and tell others about the Messiah. You know, it's interesting how two stories can be so alike and then have two completely different outcomes. And this happens more than, than we realize. We may end up in quite a different place from someone else, even though that we share many of the same experiences. You may have experienced that in your own life. Maybe you've grown up with someone and, and you've shared a lot of common things together. And then later in life, two completely different outcomes. How can this be? Well, there's one thing that separates these two stories And it's something that makes all the difference in the world. The shepherds, they want to get closer to Jesus. While Herod wants to get rid of him. The shepherds are moving towards the light. And Herod, he embraces the darkness. There are many parallels in these stories, but the motivations of the two groups is what makes all the difference in the world. And for 2,000 years now, the the shepherds have been celebrated while Herod has been viewed as a villain. Darkness and light, hope and fear. These are themes found not just in Scripture, but they're found in in many of the songs that we sing and, and listen to this time of year. And they point us back to this event that forever changed the world in which we live. And we're reminded how it still impacts our lives today. All of this is summed up in one of the most famous hymns sung this time of year. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. The everlasting light continues to shine on the dark streets of our towns and cities. And our world is not the same because Jesus has entered into it. And all of us here this morning probably have something that we fear. It might be something to do with a family member who is ill. It may have something to do with work. It may have something to do with some family problem. It could be any number of things. The important thing is not that we have a fear, but where is that fear going to lead us? Herod had a fear that led him away from God, and it led him into darkness. The shepherds allowed their fear to lead them to Jesus and to the light. And so where will your fear lead you? Hopefully, it will lead you to a manger in Bethlehem 
And you can sing as so many people have sung before the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Jesus comes into the world to ease our burdens and to help us overcome our fears. He comes to give us hope. He comes to redeem all that is lost. He comes as a light in a dark world. And because of this light, nothing has ever, ever been the same. Let's pray. Father God, we uh, come before you this morning and we praise you. And we praise your Son, whom you sent to this world, who took on flesh, who lived among us. And we're mindful of that event this morning and how it changed everything. And how it introduced a a great light into this world which continues to, to ripple and have effects today and continues to brighten lives and transform communities and to do all kinds of wonderful things. Father, we're, we're mindful that we do still live in a broken world and that darkness is still alive, but we pray that we can be a light in it. We're also mindful of the salvation that Jesus offers us. And we understand that that salvation is only possible because Jesus did take on flesh and come into our world and was born in a manger. And so we celebrate this just as Paul celebrated it in Galatians and how Matthew and Luke celebrate it in their Gospels. We're thankful for Jesus. We're thankful for his birth, his life and his sacrifice so that we might have forgiveness of sins. We pray this in his name. Amen.